Mm. I said, uh, mm. What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. My name's James Anderson. With me is Logan Eaton. What's up, bro? Not much. Beautiful. How's it going? It's going lovely. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and today, we are talking about 2021, the year of the will. I don't know if we're ever going to stop talking about this. It's pretty important. But we're talking about focus and kind of staying on track and watching out for the things that uh, take us off track. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to slip off the trail. It doesn't take, (laughs) it doesn't take a giant catastrophe to, to, uh, pull you in different kinds of directions. So 2021, right? We're talking about it's, it's the year of the will and you kind of need three things to really tap into the power and the potential that's in this year. So one, you need clear intentions, right? You, you, you got to pick a direction, w- decide what it is that you want to accomplish, and then you got to commit to it. Two, you need a plan, right? You, you got to consider what's it actually going to take to create what you want. And then you got to build a roadmap to your success. You don't got to have all the details, but you do need to kind of understand like what do you want to accomplish this month? Really, what do you want to accomplish in these first three months? And then the third thing you need is action. Disciplined action uh, is the only way to work your plan into reality. And so, you know, it, if, if we look at the definition of the will, Right, your your will is your ability to choose a direction. It's your ability to initiate action, and it's also your ability to exert yourself to accomplish something or restrain yourself and your impulses. It's your ability to focus and concentrate. But you know, if 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 that's what the will is, then what would be the enemy to your will. Well, if the will is your ability to choose a direction, right, to be decisive, well, then the enemy to that would be indecision. And if the will is your ability to initiate action, then the enemy to that would be making excuses. And when you're marinating in indecision, and living in excuses, it creates this black hole that sucks all your focus and attention off your your aim, off your chosen direction, and it just gets you running around in circles. You know, your will is something, it's like a muscle, right? It's something you got to uh, develop. You got to exercise. So if you find yourself kind of getting off course, the correct course of action is to course correct, not quit. Yeah, indecision is is definitely um, uh, the enemy to taking action, exerting your will. Um, I think indecision causes confusion, causes a lot of of confusion and disorganization, Mm. like mentally, 
um, also like externally, disorganization externally. Um, I think a lot of times that, uh, you know, when people face uh, an indecision, they, they uh, resort to um, just not, not making a decision. I think sure. we've become, I think, I think society has, has helped us become comfortable um, in mediocrity and, and, you know, you know, saying that, that, you know, maybe, you know, giving the example that, that mediocrity is, is normal. Like we've, we've had this, we kind of operate at a level of, of mediocrity because nobody wants the accountability and responsibility of making a decision. So it can look like indecision can look like normality to, I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people, um, where you just default to not making a decision because you don't want to take the accountability and responsibility of making a decision. So you kind of decide by not making a decision either way. But I think it can be, um, uh, the, the enemy can be hidden sometimes. And, you know, if you don't take a deep look at yourself or what's going on around you, you know, you might, you might, you know, think that, you know, everything is fine, but in reality, um, the, the the enemy of indecision can be can definitely be hidden um, and, and sure. it can it can kind of keep you in a state of mediocrity where you might find comfort but in in reality the when you take a, an external look at what's going on um, you're really just going nowhere yeah I, I think that's just because you you're all your attention and your focus goes towards like, like looking at the options over and over and yeah, over and yeah. over and over and over, right? Yeah. It's like it's like you're you you pull into uh, an intersection, right? But it's got a roundabout, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're <laughs> you're looking at <laughs> at all the options and all the the different the you know the four different exits you could you could pick, and you're just like I don't know which one to go. I don't know yeah. which one, you know. And some of the problem is it's like you could take three of those. And they would all get you to your your destination. Yeah. And it's like you can't figure out which one to pick, and you just run around in circles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I think it uh, um, it can definitely be. Yeah, it can definitely be hidden. It can definitely um, also just just cause complete chaos internally too. I mean. Um, I mean, there were times where I just kind of gave up on things just because sure. you couldn't make a decision <laughs> because it was so stressful trying to yeah. figure out all the options. And I think kind of what proceeds in decision is speculation. So you specul- you're constantly speculating mm. on the, the possible outcomes, which, you know, um, I, th- I think a lot of times we just start to drift towards negative outcomes and that leads to then just more indecision yeah. because, so I think what kind of proceeds indecision is just, just the, the enemy of also speculation of just kind of playing over the worst case scenarios in your head <laughs> and, then, and yeah. then you're, then you can't make a decision. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Your fear increases. So yeah, you're at the roundabout and you're seeing these different options, but you're speculating that each one could throw you off course completely. Sure. And so then you just end up, like you said, going around in circles. <laughs> yeah. But even like, you know, you, you can pick a direction, you know? So e- even if, you know, even at the beginning of this year, you know, you, you could pick a direction, be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to focus on for these first three months and whatever. But and that was a couple of weeks ago. And like, now it's like your mind's all foggy, right? I mean, this, I mean, 
this is real. Like you're like, I can't organize my ideas. It's like yeah. nothing's flowing. Yeah. Like what? The heck? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you know, you, you finally you picked a direction. You you got moving. You got all pumped. You're pumped up about the year, and then bam, you hit another roundabout and maybe you got through it and maybe you hit another one or another one, another one. It's like, okay, I got to make these decisions. And some of the decisions they can just, they can be a part of, uh, your vision where it's like, like even for me, like, you know, just thinking about, all right, priorities. All right. Here's like five things I need to get done this week, but then not, (laughs) not being able to like prioritize one over the other. It's like, they all need to get done, but so what? It's like, you can't do them all at the same time. You had to just pick one. But it's like sometimes indecision is just fueled by excuses, right? Because it's yeah. like, well, you know, yep, I could, I could pick yeah. that task, but, <laughs> you know, if I do that, I'm going to lose the idea I have for this one over here, and then it's going to take me off course on this, and then you're like, all right, so that's why, you know, my whole yeah. list, I can't do that one. So you look at another one, you're like, well, you know, but <laughs> that's not really there yet. I don't know. To, you know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> every decision yeah. has this whole list of excuses with it. Yeah, yeah. And excuses are tricky because you talk about being like hidden. Like it, you can be so used to making excuses that it's like they seem like legit reasons. Yeah, they become routine. You've yeah. become so convinced yeah. that that they're valid and real things that it's like they they hinder you from taking action. Right, right. So I was, I was listening to um, uh, so, some stuff from Jocko Willick. Uh, he's got a company called Echelon Front, and we got on their online uh, course thing for a little while. And um, anyways, I was listening to a couple podcasts, and, um, you know, I, I heard him talk about, they, I heard him say this word or phrase, rather, no factor. You know, they, they, they talk about something or, you know, like an obstacle or, a, you know, uh, something that could be considered an inconvenience or whatever, and they just be like, no factor. Like, it's not a factor. And, and so I was trying to figure out, I was like, oh, you know, what's, you know, what, what do you mean by that? And uh, anyway, so I looked up the word factor, and it's very interesting. So a factor is a circumstance, fact, or influence that contributes to a decision, result, or outcome. So it's anything, a factor is anything you let weigh in on uh, or influence or contribute to your decision-making. And so in, in, in one, of, um, one of Jocko's talks, he talked about excuses, and he talked about how excuses are a lie. And he's like, when you kind of when you when you grab hold of the fact that that this list of excuses aren't actually real things, they then you stop letting them be a factor. Hmm. And so, I made a list, and it was definitely inspired by his list. Um, but it was just like all the things that I, I you know I would kind of think or say of of why I couldn't take action now. And so here, here, here's, here's was this list, right? It's like, I'm tired. I'm not feeling it. I can't focus right now. I don't have the right equipment. I don't have all the pieces. The creativity isn't flowing. That's that a good one. That was my favorite. Mm. The environment isn't conducive. <laughs> it's not fun. 
It's taking too long. It's hard. I'm grumpy. Yeah. And the list could go on. Yeah. But it's like, For sure. <clears throat> sometimes these seem pretty valid, though. I'm tired, right? I'm not feeling it. The, the, the you know, uh, I can't focus, right? I can't get my ideas organized. I was thinking there's a new one. And it was like, you know, I can't connect to my vision. I was like, that's a freaking excuse. Like that, it's a real thing. But then at the same point, it's like at some, it's just like, that's an excuse. Yeah. For not just showing up. Yeah. And so it's like, if those excuses are a lie, then it's like, all right, well, I do have the energy. I am feeling it. Right? I can focus. I do have the equipment I need to get this done. I do have enough pieces to get moving. <laughs> and in this article I wrote, I said, obviously the creativity is flowing. Otherwise, I couldn't have made <laughs> that stupid list of excuses. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's like understanding some of these, these things that we 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 kind of use as factors. We let them influence our decisions and how we spend our time. But if we could recognize that those actually are our lies, then they no longer influence your decision-making. And instead, you make decisions based upon your vision and your plan and your discipline instead of kind of how you feel or probably why it won't work. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things kind of um, streamed right into my mind when you were talking there. <laughs> they flowed right in. Um, right out. One of them was just, and and maybe you can elaborate on them, but like like basing decisions based on emotions. So making decisions based on emotions. So allowing your emotions to dictate um, your your lack of decision or your excuses. Um, number, the number two is just like your, um, you know, you, you kind of like your, I was just kind of thinking about like the energy to do something or, um, what, what kind of excuses do is, is I think would just kind of like, they kind of shut down your creative center, um, of your, of your brain, your mind, um, by, um, by convincing your body that you, you can't do something so it doesn't have to formulate a solution for whatever you're making an excuse for. Sure. So I, I think, um, yeah, just being aware of like being aware. Like, so if you're trying to recognize your excuses, be like become aware of what your emotional state is. Um, and, uh, um, you know, become aware of what you're trying to avoid, I think, because, I think a lot of times I've used the excuse, well, I don't have the money to do that, or I don't have the resources to do that. Um, but if, if, if you don't have, you know, I think that's a, a common excuse is I don't have the money to do that. Well, if you don't have the money, then, then you're shutting off that creative center to figure out how to get the money to do whatever you need to do or sure. whatever you want to do, or however you're shutting off that creative center of, well, how do you get the resources to do that thing? So I think, um, Understanding like the the uh, your um, your emotional state, understanding, you know, looking deeper into why you know why you're making the excuse can help you kind of understand. I think uh, kind of understand what needs to be done to kind of overcome the excuses. Yeah. But that's kind of what was popping into my head. 
uh, when you were talking there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so an excuse on a whole <laughs> is, is really, it's, it's an attempt to justify why you can't do something. It's a way of defending our lack of action, discipline, and progress. It's an, att- it's an attempt to absolve ourselves from responsibility. So check this out, right? <clears throat> a list of similar words for excuse. To let off, release, relieve, exempt, spare, absolve, or free. And if you think about like, you know, your purpose and your, even your, you know, your calling, it's like, I don't want to be absolved from my calling. I don't want to be released or relieved or freed from my duties. But that's, that's, but it's interesting because that's what excuses are doing. Like you, you have to, you have to come up with some reason why you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Yeah, I think, yeah, so somebody's going to have to know what their duties are. Somebody's going to, so somebody's going to want to know, you know, I think it's, I think it's important to, um, in order to fend off excuses is knowing what, making a decision on what you, what you're trying to go after, whether it's a piece of your job or um, something in a relationship or business or whatever, just knowing what you want to do. Um I think helps make excuses because then you could just start making excuses for not, you know, making a decision and, and, uh, um, you know, you could be making excuses for making excuses. (laughs) Um, (laughs) if you don't have, you know, what that thing is. So knowing what, like you said, your duties, some people don't even know what they're being relieved of when they make excuses. So knowing what that, what your duties, what that vision is, um, yeah, I think it's extremely important. Yeah. It can get real. It can get real wild sometimes in your mind, you know, when you're, you're trying to chase down some of these things and you're trying to overcome excuses, overcome indecision. Your mind can get a little cloudy. I was listening to this, um, uh, what was it? Oh, I was listening to this, um, like this seminar by John Maxwell talking about um, his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And one of the laws was on momentum. And it was real interesting because he, he, he he talked about the benefits of having momentum and then the disadvantages of not having momentum. And, you know, so... The momentum is the strength and force that is generated through movement. So through, you know, consistent action and progress, right? Through consistent action over time, you create progress. And that puts you in a great headspace, right? I mean, you got confidence because you're actually producing, right? You, you got your, your discipline is strong because strong you keep showing up. You know, you, you got stamina. Things are happening. Your, your, your mind's clear. Your ideas are organized, right? It's just, it's all happening. And so when you run into obstacles, they're easier to, to get through. You know, his example was, you know, if, it, if a train's screaming down the tracks, you know, loaded up with all kinds of cars at its, you know, top speed, 
that thing will go through like a five foot thick brick wall or concrete wall, no problem, right? Yeah. Just because that thing's got so much force and so much weight moving at such a velocity. And so the idea is that with momentum, it's easier to pass through obstacles easier. You know, like if, if you have like a quick thought of doubt, you're so busy moving and taking action that it just goes in one ear and out the other, right? You could take somebody's negative comment or reaction towards you and what you're doing, and you just you, you wouldn't even bother you. You know, you just like you'd acknowledge them and you would just move on and you wouldn't revisit it because you're so you're so focused and busy taking action and making things happen. You know, there's just this nice balance and flow. Well, on the opposite side, which I thought was real interesting, is he's talking about is like when you don't have momentum, though, it doesn't take much to get you off track. Right. He was like, if you if that train's dead stopped on the tracks and you put like a one inch block against the front wheels, that thing won't be able to start moving because it can't get past that, like that tension and that friction. Just something so small hinders progress. Mm. You know, one little negative thought, thought of doubt. Yeah. With no momentum, that thing will shut your mind down. <laughs> Somebody's real, just real quick, just whatever, didn't, didn't mean anything crazy, but just a little negative outlook or perspective or reaction towards you or what you're doing, and bam, you know, yeah. sends you into identity crisis and... What the heck am I doing? And what am I doing? Right? You feel like yeah. your brain's over that side of the room. You're on that side. It's like <laughs> I don't know how to rehook those things back up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one thing. <clears throat> one thing. Um, my dad always taught me in uh, in sports was like, uh, um, just make a make a decision. And even if it's the wrong one, just make it 100, 100 miles an hour. He's always like, just mm. just make a move. And even if it's the wrong one, just make it 100 miles an hour because at least then you're not, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's it, I guess it's easier to course correct when you're, when you're still moving. Sure. After, even if it's a wrong move, like you said, the train blowing through a, a, a brick wall. Um, so I, I think... Uh, yeah, it's extremely important to have the mentality of, okay, this you know this the the uh, this decision might not be exactly what's you know it, who knows what will happen after this decision, but just making the decision can keep you somewhat on course, even if it is a wrong decision, it still can keep you moving towards your towards your goal. Um, so even if it so so make a move or make a decision and and make it 100 miles an hour that way, even if it's the wrong one, you're still going. In the in the right direction, it's better to make a decision than be stagnant. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, yeah. We've been watching this show on on Discovery called Homestead Rescues, and so <laughs> this this like family dad and two kids they um, they go to these um, or pe- people reach out to them who have homesteads. You know, people mostly like living off the grid and whatever living in the woods, um, they're kind of like on their last legs there at the homestead, and so they reach out to them, and they come in and, and help educate them and build a bunch of stuff and kind of solve their their main problems. Mm. This is very interesting, 
a lot of lessons going on in there. But um, anyway, it's just watching this show, though, right? It's just like it's it's it just you just constantly see these people, you know, with this land in these woods, which is like what I want. And it's like and we're working there. But it's like I'm just looking at this, watching this show, you know, uh, that that family there, they they got 40 acres out in the middle of Alaska and they're, they're <laughs> so whatever. It's just all these, these, this, the stimulation, right? Yeah. And I, I had what, what, what I've called uh, a possibility seizure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, <clears throat> just for a moment, right? I just kind of lose sight of everything I'm, I'm trying to obtain. And I'm just like, man, let's just get out of here. Like, let's just go, you know, yeah. <laughs> there is this property in Kentucky, 153 acres. This is sexy, man. It was like on the edge of his big old river. I mean, it's kind of like on a, like a, a mountain. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just, wow. And it was just like, you know, there's so many factors where it's just like, man, it, j- it makes sense. Right. Yeah. But then it's like I look at this wall. I got this wall, and I got all these papers on there, and they got uh, these words on there, you know, decision, resolve, conquer, expectation, perseverance, bold risk, uh, relentless. You know, it's got all these things. And I'm thinking about this property, and then I'm looking at these words, and I'm like, if I go, it's like that. that, my idea of that property is like, it's like taking me t- extremely off course from what I was doing. Mm. There is a property in the near future, but there's a process to get there. But yeah, I got real distracted though there for a little bit. It was just like, you start it's just like, what are we even doing? <laughs> We're not even making it anywhere. It's like, yeah, nobody right. knows us. <laughs> we can't, whatever, you know, all these excuses, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Here's just something shiny, right? Yeah. But I told my wife, though, I was like, look, I was like, I took us in a little bit of a tailspin, or I took myself in a bit of a tailspin, but I was like, all right, let's just get real. I'm not going to sleep with Hagar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's, yeah, and it's easy to, easy to do, extremely easy to do. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I've struggled with that too. When it's, it's like, yeah, you just, you see something shiny is easy to get sidetracked and you, you know, just as well as it's, it's like when you are starting to, you know, starting this endeavor, um, it's easy to kind of look back or look around and be like, okay, it's starting to get a little uncomfortable. Is there any, like, is there any lifeboats or is there any, <laughs> is there any kind of new, new paths coming up, like a easier path coming up or something? And, um, impatience and fear of failure, all those can kind of lead into looking for those, those shiny things where it's like, okay, I'm going to start this business. Um, okay. I made the decision. Um, and it's like, oh, uh, you know, things would look a lot different if I had a, you know, steady income right now. You know, what would it look like if I had a, just a steady income working a job? Um, but then you have to kind of, like, like you said, you have to kind of look back and be like, okay, this is, this is, this is definitely a shiny object. It's not, this is not going to, um, 
uh, align with with where what I want to do. And it takes a lot of effort to do that. I think it takes a lot of discipline to do that to be able to look and be like, wait, this this seems good, but it's not. This is not the the uh, gratification I'm I'm seeking from whatever it is I'm going after. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. I think uh, one on the on the story side, one one uh, story that I that I uh, always remember about decision making is like uh, um, on the same channel that you you are watching. Um, there's a show called uh, The Gold Rush, mm. and about these Alaskan or or the Canadian or whatever they they mine for gold. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of groups of them and i always thought it was interesting well anyways one of the guys that was one of the older guys that was like they interviewed and and whatever he had like a one of the biggest operations in the world or or whatever and he was telling a little bit of his backstory and and he was he came from like uh some i don't know some european country but but basically how he how he got over to the uh, to north america was he was i think um, milking dairy cows in this European country, and then w- he just wanted to be wanted to get on the the mining train or whatever, and uh, literally got on a train. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to come to you know North America to start start his mine. But anyways, the, his fiance came to him the day he was leaving and was like, "What are you doing? You're crazy!" And he was like, um, he was so focused on what he wanted. He's like, "Well." I'm going and you can either get on this train or not. And so she made the decision right there to get on the train. She did get on. And he made the decision to just go and, you know, give up what he was doing, which was, you know, maybe the secure part or the family part that he had, you know, that everything was secure. It was there. It was comfortable and start this thing. And, and so just that ability to make that decision, obviously the, the, the gratification of achieving his, his goal came way later because, you know, through, um, you know, hard work and, and all that effort to put into to making what he has today. But it started with that decision and, and his wife being there, his future wife being there and ma- having to make that decision there. So so sometimes it's, it's, it's just, it's like, uh, you know, you either decide to do something or not. Um, and when you decide to do something, it's like, it's good to burn all the other bridges. Yeah. <laughs> so like forcing yourself to get on the train and go to a place where you really literally maybe can't afford to even go back yeah. um, or forcing yourself to, you know, throw away the resume and just, and burn it and be like, I'm not even, I can't even go back to that. Um, yeah. So I think it's a good practice to get good at burning a lot of bridges <laughs> when, you, when you pick a, de- when you make become a decision because those bridges can become, Excuses then in the the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know if that had anything to do with your story about the uh, (laughs) gold mining. Yeah. I like gold mining. (laughs) There's another story. Oh, they'll come back to Hagar. But there's this other story. I think it's in the book uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But he talks about this guy who who also went gold mining. <laughs> Maybe this is the same story, and I, don't I just think, butchered I, mine. I don't think so. <laughs> but anyways, I'm not totally sure how, how it began. I don't know if he found some or he just heard some people were um, finding gold. But at some point, he, he gathered up all his friends and families, like, hey, I'm going to go do this. This is going to work. I think maybe that he did find a spot that where he had gold. He's like, he got everybody to invest in him so he could get some equipment. And so... 
you know, he was working and working and working. I think the gold dried up and, you know, working and working and working and it just, it just wasn't happening. And so, you know, he's thinking, man, I you know, borrowed all this money from all these people and I cannot pay it back. And um, so, you know, just kind of depressed and didn't know what to do. He sold all of his equipment to like some scrapyard for super cheap. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, went back to where he came from. But then the the guy at the scrapyard, he had an idea, right? So he just bought all this equipment, essentially. He went and found um, an engineer, a gold mining engineer or whatever, and had him take a look at the mine that the guy abandoned. Oh, wow. And so the engineer was like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's like, there's a certain way that these these gold veins work. And it turns out that the guy who quit was three feet <laughs> from the vein. Oh, wow. Three feet from gold and oh didn't and quit. Because you could be, you know, because yeah. if, if you're running par- parallel to it, you could dig and dig and dig. Yeah. But because he didn't ask for help, the other guy found somebody who knew what to look for. And then it became one of the most productive mines out there. <laughs> but then that guy, that guy, the guy who first started and went back, he heard that story, and um, something happened, and he actually ended up becoming, I think he was selling life insurance or something, but he became one of the top salesmen because like never again am I going to take no for wow an answer or whatever. And so, even though he lost that, he. He didn't lose, lose. Yeah. But yeah, I learned from that. But yeah, three feet from gold. Oh my God. So close. Yeah. Three feet from gold. All right. So let's get back to Hagar, right? So Hagar. So Abraham. Abraham, you know, gets to hang out with God, and God's like, look, I'm going to turn you into a nation, right? And your offspring are going to be more than the the grains of sand on the seashore. And uh, Abraham believes him, right? And that gets credited to, to, to him as righteousness. And uh, but, the, but the thing is, is though that he's already got, he's got a wife and, you know, they can't have kids. So we got these circumstances, situation, and then we got this promise. Then we have a really long period of time like a long period of time. And one day, Sarah comes up to Abraham and was like, look, here's my servant, Hagar. You can have, you know, you can have a, a son with her, and then that baby will be mine. That's what Sarah says. And so <laughs> Abraham's like, all right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But anyway, so, so, you know, Abraham goes along with it, you know, Hagar gets pregnant, but then Hagar like despises Sarah and, you know, it's Sarah wanted the baby or whatever. And so anyways, that, that whole thing goes septic. But the, the, the thing was, is that God promised them, uh, descendants, right? But the current situation did not reflect the promise. 
it was not there was no there was no current um, there was nothing tangible that proved or aided God's promise in that in this time period. So anyway, so they they tried to kind of make it happen on their own, or you know, try to yeah try to bring that promise about, and it didn't it didn't go very well. But I want to say, shoot, what was that guy? I don't know. Was that that kid's name was Ishmael? Maybe. Oh yeah. I'm not positive on that, but anyways, I'm pretty sure like. I can't I can't totally remember. There was it was there was a lot of years. But then I think Isaac was like oh when Isaac was born, Ishmael was like thirteen years old or twelve or something like that. So I mean there there was a long gap between, Jeez. you know, God's promise and then the the fulfillment of the promise. Yeah. But the the moral of the story is when there's an order to things don't jump the order. Because for me, it's like, you know, that property, which again, there's one in not in the too distant future, but it's like going for the property now has more of a sense of like uh, abandoning my purpose. Because for me, talking about me, there's like, I think there's, there's some discipline to be had there's some things to accomplish that will then set up further purpose. But if we just leave and go get a property, all the focus and attention is going to go towards that, right? Get sucked into a, a black hole. There's an order. So for me, it's like, don't, don't get distracted and get out of order. Sometimes things don't look, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes the results don't match the the word. Yeah. It doesn't make the word wrong. Yeah. I was thinking of uh the someplace in Deuteronomy or uh some people call it deuteronomy. But <laughs> <laughs> I learned that it wasn't the right pronunciation. <laughs> but deodorant. two years ago. But in deodorant Deuteronomy. In deodorant. <laughs> in Deuteronomy. Um Somebody was talking to God about um, how he was giving that the promised land over. Um, I think it was Joshua. Oh, yeah. Moses? Yeah, maybe it was after Moses. I think it was Joshua. And he was asked, he was, God was talking, telling him some things about the promised land. And God was like, um, uh, I'm not going to give you all this land all at once. Mm-hmm. You're not going to overtake this land all at once. And he had a. Um, a reason for that was because, like, if you go in and, and you know, take out all these pagan nations, um, the wild animals will just, they'll become so multiple that um, you'll, there'll be, a, like, a serious environmental problem. Because <laughs> they don't have enough people, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think sometimes it's easy to think, well, God just wants me to be patient, but there could be, you know, it's possible that there's a definite order, like you said, to, to why things are the way they are. It wasn't 12 years that... Isaac was born just because it was 12 years, but it was because of that. It was because of a timing. There was some reason for that timing. And so I think like, yeah, like you said, when things don't look perfect or that things don't look like they're promised, it's not just, you know, know, obviously it is to produce patience and character and all those virtues, but also to, uh, I I think also that, that uh, God also has a um, legitimate reasons for 
uh, you know, the way and the timing of things. Um, just because, yeah, it would have been easy to just go in and take over the promised land sure. in a matter of days, but that would have created another bigger problem. So sometimes, you know, wanting the, wanting the things that are um, meant for a time in the future now could, could create a way bigger problem like you talked about. Animals. Yeah. Eating. Yeah, so go and read Deodorant Anatomy. Uh, I think it's 28 <laughs> or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So if we go back to that idea of creating momentum, right, even in the place where it's like, all right, it doesn't take too much to get you off course. And one small little obstacle can prevent your wheels from rolling. So what do you actually do to then create momentum? And I think it just starts with just show up. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. Thoughts cloudy. Ideas are d- scattered. They yeah. keep running off your paper as hard as you try to organize something. <laughs> 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 they keep spinning in circles. Yeah. But you got to show up. You got to commit to just showing up. Yeah. And just try to move the needle. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then tomorrow, show up. And just move the needle just a little bit. Because it's that consistent action over time that's going to build up that steam. There um, There was this talk by Chris Valentin. Um, and he, he talks about this, this, uh, passage, you know, he's like, you know, uh, I think it's in a Psalm or something, but it's like, you know, talking about your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Chris is just talking about, there's a difference between a lamp unto my feet versus a, a light unto my path. All right. Cause a light unto your feet is like where you can see the next step where the, 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 the light into my path is where you can see down the road. Like you can see around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes you, sometimes you can't see down the path and you can't see down, uh, around the corner. Yeah. But you can always see right in front of you. You know, the, we, um, I used to go, backpacking with some friends we go to um kentucky and we wouldn't leave town until like eight o'clock at night so we get to the trailhead at like one o'clock in the morning and then we'd hike in uh you know for like an hour and a half to the same spot you know in the pitch black and so you know every you got your headlamp on it's night in the forest and you know, it's warm out and there's lots of moisture and stuff, you know, so it gets kind of foggy a little bit. You can't see too far ahead of you, especially if there's somebody in front of you. You really can't see very far, but you can see right in front of you. And you actually have to stay pretty dang focused on what's right in front of you because the train's all over the place. You got big rocks, you got mud, you got, I mean, it's, we're up and down, going up the mountain, right? Like you just, you, you, got, you really have to pay attention. You know, there's shadows everywhere, so it's like it's kind of hard to see. So the focus, we know where we're going, but we can't see exactly where, 
where that is. We can't see the whole road, but we can see what's right in front of us. And if you show up and just do the thing in front of you, then you don't have to worry about everything else. So even if your mind's foggy, your ideas are crazy, you you know, your mind's going this way and that way, just shh. <laughs> and do the one thing in front of you, the one step. Show up and do the step. Yeah. And then tomorrow, show up and do the step. Yeah. And it's it's that steady progress that's going to create momentum. And over time, your mind's going to get clear. Your ideas are going to get more organized. You know, your confidence is going to increase. Your discipline is going to grow. Your stamina yeah. will be on point. Yeah, I think it's important to make the decision that you can see. Like you're talking about seeing your next step, making that decision. Don't make the next hundred decisions over in your head before they. it's even time for them to even happen. So focus on making the decision um, that's in front of you instead of instead of planning out the next hundred decisions. Um, where that and it can just cause a whole bunch of confusion. Um, that the book I'm reading by Joe Dispenza talks about. Um, I, I think doing that and and find that's how you're kind of finding happiness and and uh, and peace in the process is focusing on what what your next step needs to be and making that decision and and being open minded to the next hundred decisions, the next thousand decisions of, and being open to the possibilities that could you know occur there and, and, and focusing on the, the, the potential and the possibilities and being open to those. And, um, I think I have a problem with, with trying to plan out the next hundred decisions and sure. that's how it's going to have to be. Um, but you do find peace in focusing on the, the next decision and then being open, opening yourself up to the possibilities of what the, you know, what could bring in the next thing or the, the, uh, the next step and then focusing on that decision. So, I think I think one piece of advice for myself would be to, um, you know, stop stop focusing on the next hundred decisions and focus on the decision that that's next. So, like you said, show up and just start focusing on the next. You know what's in what's in front of you. Just continue to show up um, because you can start to not want to show up when you're so focused on. Okay, I got to build Rome in three weeks. Yeah, and uh, that's going to require all these decisions, and you're making these decisions in your head already, um, but they're not they're not producing any action. So you're just you're just causing this mental turmoil. Sure, you're you're taking all the effort that it's going to take to make all those decisions, and you're experiencing it all at one moment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, like you said, it's important to just show up and focus on the next decision that, that needs to be needs to be made to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, so be open to possibility. Be open to it. Stay focused and clear on what you're doing now, but don't try to make the future happen all at once. Sure. There's this uh, quote by Jocko Willock. He says... The easy path leads to misery, mm. right? The instant gratification, the like, <laughs> the excuse, right? I'm not, I'm kind of tired. Yeah. I can't focus, you know, eh, tomorrow. As long <laughs> as it's called tomorrow, let's do it then. He said, but the path of discipline leads to freedom, right? The, the path to the accomplishment, to the things that you want. 
Yeah, that's the path where you got to show up. Excuse your excuses. Make decisions. Stay focused. Don't get distracted on worries, anxieties, confusion. Man, I, too much introspection will jack you <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Can you define that term? <laughs> jack you up? No, intro. Introspection? Yeah, introspection. Too much... Like looking into? Into yourself. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. All your yeah. motives, decisions, lack yeah. of decisions. Can you do it? Can I not do it? Yeah. Is this right to do? Is this right? Is God with prideful? me? Am yeah. I not? Did I make this all up? Am I... <laughs> you know, holy cow. Just a deep, deep yeah. hole yeah. Of, of doubt, insecurity, worry, confusion is gross. Yeah. Too much introspection would jack you up. Yeah. Especially it's like if if you're decently secluded from people <laughs> yeah. or yeah. by yourself all the time, yeah. that junk will run rampant. Yeah. And it's like it's in times like these that you have got to stop thinking. Yeah. You have to stop. There was I was reading this. I'm I'm reading that this book, um, Psychocybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And he's talking about conditioning. You know, he was talking about there was this thing done with, um, you know, uh, with a dog. And essentially they would ring a bell and then they would bring out food. And so eventually the dog associated the bell with food. So they'd start to ring the bell and the the dog would start to salivate, (laughs) get all drooly. And um, so when that happened, they would ring the bell and then they'd stop bringing out the food. They wouldn't bring it out, right? So he, the dog had been conditioned to have a certain kind of response. But then the environment changed, but the dog's response didn't change, right? He was conditioned to it. So he, he gave the example of like answering the phone. Now, this is back in like the 50s or 60s or whatever. So this is when people still had like landlines, and the phone would ring. But I guess it's still just like your cell phone. But anyways, he's like, the phone would ring, you know, and then the example is then somebody just, they get up, right? It's just automatic. If the phone rings, you, you get up and you go and you pick it up. He's like, but you know, you don't actually have to pick it up. You don't, just because somebody's calling you, that doesn't mean you have to stop what you're doing. Yeah. It's like, maybe you're just relaxing. You're sitting, in the, sitting on the chair or whatever. He's like, just let it ring. <laughs> like, you don't have to answer it. Yeah. And I just like, and I was just thinking about this, uh, like too much introspection, right? Just let it ring. Like, don't entertain it. Don't go and pick up the phone. Don't go run in circles. Stop questioning. Stop doubting. You know, I was like, you know, the other day, I was just like, man, my mind, I'm just like, I can, I can tell. I can just see. I'm like, my mind has gone weird. <laughs> That's why it's like, yeah. I wanted to buy the property. I was like, I need a new environment. I got to do, <laughs> do something. But anyways, every time my mind would go weird, I, and I, I would, I recognize it and I, I would disengage, right? I would pick up a book and I just start reading. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when we would be out, you know, uh, pressure washing houses, you know, for a while in the beginning, I used to listen to music all the time. But I'd listen to like the same playlist over and over. But then I'd find my mind went really negative. Like I would, I would pick, 
like a negative interaction with a customer, and that would be the thought I would, that would just automatically run in, in the background of my mind. Yeah. While I'm listening to this music, and I'm like, this is, I, I got to stop this, right? So I stopped listening to music, and then I just listen to audiobooks or podcasts where I'm just into growth. I'm just into moving forward, you know, high-quality thoughts. And so when you can't be still, you better... Like, you know, you're, you, you want to control your thoughts. And when your thoughts are kind of going crazy, the way I control it is then I, I get, I get some, somebody else's thoughts rolling, right? I get good perspectives flowing in. So I'm either listening to it or I just pick up the book and read. But I refuse to engage in, like, the circle or the cloudiness or the doubts or the whatever. Like, too much introspection will put you in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For me, it's, it's speculation, too. Maybe that's the same same thing, but just speculating different circumstances, speculating sure. different outcomes. What what this could... Could this happen? Would this happen? Um, yeah, and then you just get sidetracked and you're not focusing on anything worth anything anymore because nothing that you're thinking about has even happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> John Maxwell, man, he said it one of his things. It might have been, there was this other one. It was like the 10 keys to a can-do attitude. And it was stop stewing and start doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Yeah. So it's the year 2020. It's the, 2021, whatever <laughs> yeah. year this is. It's the year of the will. What's the thing that's going to get tested? Your will. What's the thing that's got to develop? Your will. It's your ability to choose, to concentrate, to initiate action, to assert energy, exert energy to accomplish something, or to restrain one's own impulses, right? It is your ability to check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's important. Yeah. Wear, wear a seatbelt. Yeah. But whatever you do, show up, move the needle, and you're going to grow in strength. A little bit of strength. You're going to keep going, keep showing up, keep pushing the needle. Strength is going to increase. Stamina, endurance, right? Vitality, clear mind, organized ideas. Yeah. Don't stop three feet from cold. <laughs> Don't consider the servant as a wife. Even if the circumstances don't reflect where you're trying to get to, don't get sidetracked. Don't get confused. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Hold on. Show up and keep moving forward. My good peoples, thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, peace!